<laughs> Hello again, everyone. I don't know what the hell that was about. Welcome to it. It's the Derek Hunter Podcast for the 15th of November, halfway through November, 2022. Happy Tuesday to you, ladies and or gentlemen. I appreciate you listening, downloading, sharing, telling a friend, and all that good stuff. Oh, baby. Don't forget to go to patreon.com slash Derek Hunter Podcast or DerekHunter.locals.com. And enter to win the contest signed books. Judge Janine versus Anne Rice this week. So I was surprised pleasantly how popular, because sometimes the like you put up somebody and, and uh, it's pretty clear nobody wants them. Nobody's interested. And you're like, oh, crap, Tom Brokaw. But Anne Rice, very popular. So I'm pleased with that. So it's Judge Janine. It's a nail biter. I don't know who's going to win. But go there and uh, check it out and enter to win. This is uh, my last day of fluffing off. We're back to normal tomorrow. But uh, the continuation sort of of the show yesterday since I recorded it all in once. But uh, I'm releasing it over two days. Because why? Because I want to have a day off. So meh. (laughs) All right. Without any further ado, let's get to it. What do I think went on in others? Do I think there's voter fraud? Do I think that it was the difference maker? Those are two different things. Obviously, there's voter fraud. There's voter fraud everywhere. There's always voter fraud. Um, That's why Democrats... So, there's no voter fraud. It was the most secure election ever. Nothing, Nothing untoward, nothing whatsoever. Don't ever believe what Democrats say. But... Do I think that it was the difference maker, say, in New York? No, it's New York. Lee Zeldin came close, but he came within, you know, five percentage points. That shouldn't have been possible. It's not really statistically possible in a state like New York, where Democrats absolutely dominate. But he did. And you sit there and you go, well, voter fraud, there's not... To the extent that voter fraud exists, it is not hundreds of thousands or millions of votes. It's just not. It is enough. There's a, I think it was Hugh Hewitt wrote a book years ago that you have to win by enough so that the, that the, that the Democrats can't steal it. That's sort of the philosophy of it. If you think back to 2000, Democrats desperately tried to steal the presidential election. They tried. Republicans fought like hell and beat them down in Florida. Thank God they did. But that's the, the short sort of shading on the margins that voter fraud can do. Now, 2020 was a little bit different because of COVID, but the Republican Party and individual candidates, everything that was suspected of happening in 2020, they were aware of. So to say that, well, they did the same thing, they did it all over again. No, there's safeguards, antenna, experts. One thing Republicans seem to have done better this year, and thank God, um, this is the RNC in 2020 and the Trump campaign in 2020 were wildly unprepared. 
and frankly incompetent, both the RNC and the Trump campaign. Now, you can you could almost forgive the Trump campaign because Donald Trump was sort of a political novice, but he wasn't a political novice anymore. He'd been president for four years. And he surrounded him. God knows he had a revolving door of people surrounding him. Somebody should have made him aware of the prospect of voter fraud and and different ways to game the system. He, and particularly Rana Romney McDaniel, did not prepare to fight the way they needed to fight. To fight voter fraud, to fight shady things. I don't know if it was voter fraud or not. You can say it was voter fraud. You could say it was shady things. You could Whatever it is, the appearance of, of things. You've got to be in there with lawyers. You've got to be in there with the best damn lawyers available. You've got to hire them. And you've got to be in there before the votes start coming in to be ready for when the votes start coming in. In 2020, Republicans were wildly reactive, which if you're reacting, you're losing. It's over. You're reacting you're losing. And it's incredibly stupid to sit there and go, we need to send people out to Nevada because there's some shady stuff going on. We need to get some some lawyers up to Pennsylvania because there's some shady stuff going on. Yeah, you should have been aware of that. Those people should have been in those states. Sending lawyers after the fact, once things start going sideways, is too late. It's too late. You have to stop the car. This is think of it as like a spin out. You're driving down a sheet of ice, driving in some snow or whatever. And I did this a lot when I was a kid. You start fishtailing. Once you feel that back end of the car starting to go, it's less so now because there's uh, no rear wheel drives. But my first couple of cars were old junkers that I bought for four hundred dollars a piece, so they were rear wheel drive station wagons and things like that. Once you feel that back end go or you think it's going to go you see the ice you see other people spinning that's when you make your plan that's when you take your foot off the gas you don't slam your foot on the brake or you'll lose control of the car you have to steer through it if you start to twist a little bit you turn into the spin you don't turn the other it's counterintuitive doesn't mean but that's what you got to do period and you can get out of that situation if you are ready for it and prepared and the second it starts going even before it starts going you're ready for it that's what you got to do when it comes to fighting voting uh, fighting, uh, fighting vote fraud and in 2020 the trump campaign and the republican national committee did not do that it was stupid on their part and then they started hiring look there's no bigger fan of rudy giuliani there just isn't. I thought Rudy Giuliani, like 9-11 made me a super Giuliani fan. But being a lawyer doesn't mean you're an election lawyer. Doesn't mean Having won elections doesn't mean you're an elections expert. Rudy Giuliani and all the people that the uh, Trump campaign and the Republicans hired and put out there, and I don't know how the hell Sidney uh, Powell ended up there, and then the other guy, I can't even remember his name, and they just started making ridiculous claims. And if you don't back them up, you you look foolish. If you don't back them up, you look foolish. And they were losing everywhere. On top of it, they kept losing. 
Now, it seems like Republicans in this cycle have learned that lesson, and they have people in Arizona, have people in Nevada, and had people in Arizona, and had people in Nevada there. I don't know if Harmeet Dillon is officially a member of the Republican National Committee's legal team, or if she is out there on spec as part of her own organization, whatever it is, she seems to be very incompetent. Or, or very competent, sorry. that's not. She seems to be very competent. She's won cases. She was filing lawsuits preemptively before the election to get things changed. Like, you know, the Republicans smartly sued in Pennsylvania before the election to get the Supreme Court to declare that the uh, absentee ballots or the mail-in ballots or whatever, if they were not signed and dated as required by law, they were not to be counted. Turned out it didn't matter, but they sued and won on that. It shouldn't be controversial. It shouldn't even be difficult to sue and win on something that is clearly in keeping with the plain language of the law, but that's how it was. This time, they seem to have learned from 2020. Whether or not, I guess, and we'll find out whether or not it it turns out there's fraud or enough fraud to change things. Because everywhere in Arizona and everywhere in Nevada, Republicans have not just random volunteers, but people who are trained to be election observers and objectors and make sure, and they know what they're looking at and they know what they're looking for. So if there is fraud, either Democrats are just wildly competent in one area, in one area only, and it's vote fraud. Or if there is vote fraud, it will get caught. Otherwise, you have to go, well, all right, there isn't enough vote fraud to make the difference. There's vote fraud everywhere. People screw up and vote twice or whatever. Whatever. There isn't enough to make a difference then you've got to start looking internally and go, all right, what do we have to do to change this next time? That's the beautiful thing about elections and the annoying thing about elections is every couple of years, there's another one. Every couple of years, there's another one. So you get to keep going. And uh, if you don't, uh, if, as long as you learn from the last one, you should do all right. You should certainly do better. So do I think that vote fraud was the difference maker? I don't know. I'm inclined not to think so. The margins in Pennsylvania were far too big. The number of margins in in New York were far too big. So, uh, but they came close. I mean, not Oz, really. But if you look at, if Democrats were stealing votes in Pennsylvania, they would have easily stolen Fetterman, the thing, because Fetterman ran, what, 10 points, 8 points behind their governor-elect up there, the Democratic governor-elect. If they were stealing votes for him, they could have stole more votes for Fetterman and just made it really easy. I think the biggest problem in Pennsylvania was Oz wasn't really from there. He should have never been. Trump never should have supported him. He should have stayed out of it and let the people there do it. But you shouldn't nominate. Nobody should nominate a carpetbagger, period. End of story. And he wasn't a conservative, so he didn't excite Republicans. So that, I think, is the lesson to be learned. I do want to talk for a second about voting and how we can, how we need to restore some sanity. For the love of God, we need to restore some sanity. When you're sitting there and you're looking at 
Alaska say, well, but you know, hopefully by Thanksgiving, as you sit down and go into your trip to Vancouver, you might be able to have some results. Now, the race in Alaska is between two Republicans, incumbent uh, Lisa Murkowski and the challenger, I can't remember her first name, her last name's Chewbacca. That's all I remember is her name is pronounced Chewbacca. It's not really Chewbacca, but it's it sounds close enough to Chewbacca. It's not spelled like Chewbacca at all. But that is uh, going to, right now, Chewbacca's winning. If you just go by the same rational way of thinking, Chewbacca would be the next senator from Alaska. That's the way it is. But Alaska instituted this stupid thing that is being pushed by the left across the country. First time I heard of it, it was up in Maine. It is this idea of ranked choice voting. What the hell is ranked choice voting? You go in and you make your vote. You vote for your one candidate. And then they ask you, but if you can't have your candidate, who would you want? Who would be your second choice? And who would be your third choice? It's wildly stupid. That's not what it is. That's not what voting is. But the Democrats in places where Democrats can't win elections have concocted this ranked choice voting and sold it under the guise of democracy to say, well, we need to do this. We need to do this because it more accurately reflects reflects the will of the people. No, it doesn't. It's the same sort of stupid thing that Georgia has. In all honesty, Herschel Walker lost. Herschel Walker lost. He got the second most number of votes, 48.6% or whatever, whereas Raphael Warnock got 49 0.4% of the vote or something like somewhere in there. It doesn't matter. Warnock got more votes. That should be enough. But because Georgia has this stupid runoff system, where they say, well, if you don't get 50% of the vote plus one vote more, it doesn't count and you have to go to a runoff. That's stupid. That's not the way this country works. It's not the way elections should work. It's whoever gets the most votes. Make the compelling case. But Georgia is going to have a runoff. Same thing with ranked choice voting. I don't care who your second choice is. If your second choice, if you really like your second choice, vote for your second choice, not your first choice. Problem solved. But no, they don't do that. So Lisa Murkowski, the squishy Republican, nominal Republican, who, by the way, was only a United States senator because her daddy was governor of the state and uh, an opening occurred. I think somebody died. And her dad appointed her. It's ridiculous. Ultimate nepotism. And she's got a name. It's really, you want to talk about, you know, someone like Sarbanes here in Maryland or Dingle in Michigan. You sit there and you go, it, all you need is a name, sadly, in so many of these political races that is recognizable and, and the idiot class will vote for you. That's why you have all of these people clamoring to... Uh, they're going, well, what about the children of this person, of that person, or the other person? They, they, the parties gravitate toward these people. Because if you can take over for somebody with your same last name, you're going to win. You're gonna, it's pretty, pretty dead on. That's why Bo Biden was so important to Joe Biden. Bo Biden was going to be the one who was going to carry on the Biden legacy in the state of Delaware. People would go to the polls, and even though Joe hadn't been on the ballot in a while, they'd go, oh, my God, there's a Biden. Let's vote for that Biden. So that's probably, 
Joe Bo was the one that was going to go into politics, and Hunter was always going to be the bag man. And Hunter couldn't handle being the bag man. That's why he started doing all the drugs. We can go on and on and on about how horrible of a father that Joe Biden is. That's irrelevant. But if you get rid of all this other crap and you go, well, we need to mail-in voting. Why? Why do we need mail-in voting? There's not a raging pandemic anymore. There's still a pandemic, sure, in the technical sense of the definition of the word. But it is not what it once was. People can go back and vote normally. And if you want to vote absentee, you must provide a reason for it. Not, I just don't feel like it, or it's much easier to fill out a ballot at the uh, dinner table than it is at the polling place. Sorry, no, we don't need to make it easier to vote. We need to make it harder to vote. We need to make people prove who they are and actually put in the effort. If you need, think of it as a baby bird syndrome. Baby birds, they're not lazy. I hate to call baby birds lazy, but for the purposes of this argument, I'll call baby birds lazy. They don't even chew their own food. Mama bird chews it up and then throws it. It's a charming image for you, but throws it up into their mouths. So they don't even have to chew. They just swallow it and they get the nutrition there. If you need the baby bird treatment to be able to vote, to be able to successfully vote, don't vote. Don't vote. If Getting off your ass and getting to a polling place and standing in line for a little bit and waiting your turn is a bridge too far, then don't vote. You're not doing anybody a favor. You're too lazy. You're too dumb. We don't want you to have a say in things, to be perfectly honest with you. Personally, I would like to see tax returns. Just You don't have to show me the whole thing, itemized and all that. Just show me that you paid taxes last year. Then you get to vote. Or at any time in the previous, between the last election and this election. Show me. Then you get to vote. If you didn't, I'm not interested in what you have to say, unless you just turned 18. Then I'll let that slide. But by the time you're 20, you better bring something to the table. But if we get rid of this ranked choice voting crap, don't fall for it. If they try to institute it where you live, they will try. Because it advantages Democrats. Uh, because Murkowski is against Chewbacca. Chewbacca is the conservative. There's a Democrat in the race, gets about uh, 10% of the vote. The second choice for the people voting for the Democrat is obviously going to be the squishy Republican, Lisa Murkowski. So in the second round, even though Lisa Murkowski got fewer votes, Lisa Murkowski will likely end up winning because of all the second place votes that she got. It's wildly stupid, particularly undemocratic. But Democrats love it anyway because you'll keep a conservative out of the United States Senate. It's, it's pathetic. But as far as the rest of it goes, the reason Arizona is taking so damn long and the reason Nevada is taking so damn long is not just the incompetence and corruption of local officials, although that certainly runs risk of being a big factor. It is the law. If believe in Arizona if or in Nevada, if you have your ballot postmarked by election day, it can show up all the way till Saturday and it'll have to be counted. And you say, well, Derek, that sounds all well and good. That sounds fine. They voted by election day, postmark, blah, blah, blah. Get your ass to the polls. All right? You're dealing with hundreds of thousands of votes. Get your ass to the polls. Get to the polls. That's it. It's that's so you go to the post office, you can go to the polls. Problem solved. You don't just get to vote from home because you're lazy. 
doesn't work that way. You used to have to have a reason to vote absentee, and people were told no when they would apply for an absentee ballot. No, you go and show up. You go and show up. The more people go and show up, the more results you get that day. It's that simple. We managed to... I heard um, Hannity the other night say this, and this is what Democrats have been pushing for a very long time, so it kind of struck me. It stuck out. I remembered when he said it. What they need to do is make Election Day a national holiday. Make Election Day a national holiday and then get rid of all this other crap and so everybody can go and vote. Well, we managed to do it for more than 200 years, almost 240 years, on one day without it being a holiday. You know what? I don't really have a moral objection to it being a holiday, but it's not necessary. Democrats want it to be a holiday with the same reason they've got these all these uh, union guys. If you notice, a lot of unions, teachers unions and other skilled trade unions, what do they do? They negotiate in their contracts. We get election day off. It's not so, oh my God, so... So Bob, the necklace truck driver, can go and vote. Bob can vote. There's nothing stopping Bob from voting. The union bosses want that day off so that they can dispatch goons to various polling places and to drive people to vote. They can go and they become the Democratic Party's taxi service on Election Day. That's why it is. If you want to expand that to everybody, I suppose you might be able to get some sort of comparable thing with Republicans, but it seems unlikely. Most Republicans will go, get your own ass to the vote. Like, what the hell's your problem? It doesn't need to be a federal holiday, but if it is, fine. Only on condition you get rid of everything else and that it is in the law that those conditions cannot be brought back. The no-excuse absentee voting cannot be brought back. If they are brought back, then every other part of that law is repealed. You can put riders in there. You can put amendments in there that say if somebody changes this one piece, then the rest of it goes. They can write legislation any damn way they want. But realistically, we don't need to make it easier to vote. It's not complicated to vote. It's, it requires a little bit of caloric burn to vote, and that's the difference. We have become a nation of lazy people who demand everything be laid out for them. We've become a nation of baby birds. Spit your food, my food into my mouth. I don't want to chew it. Chewing it is too much. It's the same mentality of people who will demand somebody else get them their remote control from 10 feet away from them. So they, you know, they're never going to go. Nobody goes up to the TV and changes the channel anymore. But get off your ass and get the remote if you want to change the channel. Get off your ass and go and vote if you want to vote. I don't care how you vote. If you want to vote, you got to put in a little bit of effort. Prove who you are and vote. We don't need to make it easier to vote. It's easy enough. It's too easy, as a matter of fact, to vote. We need to make it a little more complicated. They always say, oh, it's, your, it's my right. It's, my, it's your civic duty. I don't care if you vote or you don't vote. But if you want to vote, burn a couple calories in the process. That ain't too much to ask. And bring a photo ID or get bent. How's that sound? I'm looking at the Twitter machine here. Buck Sexton. I don't mean to pick on Buck Sexton, but um, I'm going to pick on Buck Sexton. 
because he's just the, the one I happen to notice it as of this moment. He says, there's plenty of blame and Monday morning quarterbacking to go around for this midterm. Blame is different than Monday morning. Plenty of Monday morning quarterbacking. That doesn't make any sense. He says, but Mitch McConnell pulling millions from Blake Masters, spending millions against Chewbacca, inexcusable. No defense of it is even possible. Mitch has got to go. And there's a lot of people out there, and I see them, and I know some of them, and I even like some of them. Each further step down, you get fewer and fewer people. But um, making the argument, Kevin McCarthy's got to go. He can't be Speaker of the House. You can't be. This is he's terrible. Blah 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 blah. Mitch McConnell is majority leader, or even minority leader, Republican leader, and he's got to go. He's terrible. Blah 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 blah. Okay, fine. Who who else then? Who else? Because you have to be able to win the votes in the caucus to get the job. So who can get it? You want to get rid of Kevin McCarthy? I have no love for Kevin McCarthy. I couldn't care less. Who's going to take it? Who wants to ride that rabid spider monkey of trying to corral 218 or more, hopefully, Republican members of the House and keep them all together? Who wants to deal with that hassle? where they, they do nothing but complain about you constantly and then go, but you've got to come to my fundraiser. You've got to help me raise money. And oh, by the way, you've got to go raise money on your own and give it to me too. And you, who wants that job? I don't know why Kevin McCarthy wants it. I think anybody who wants that job, especially a Republican, has some serious Fetterman issues going on. they got brain damage or something going on up there. But somebody's got to do the job. Who wants the job? Who could take the job? Okay, there's a lot of people who want the job. Who could get enough votes to get the job? Because you have to have a majority of the House of Representatives, which means if you've got a caucus, God forbid it ends up this way, you've got a Republican caucus of 218, meaning you've got a just a one-seat majority. In order to be Speaker of the House, you have to get 218 votes. That's a majority of the House of Representatives. That means you have to get every single Republican. Now, there is nothing on which every single Republican agrees on. There's nothing. So what are you going to do? Are you going to try to appeal to Democrats? Democrats are never going to help Republicans. I love Louis Gohmert. Louis Gohmert could maybe get 40 votes. That's it, 40 votes. He's a great guy. He's a solid conservative, but he'd get 40 votes because a lot he rubs a lot of people the wrong way. Jim Jordan, same thing. Jim Jordan maybe gets 60 votes. 60 is well short of 218. So who can do it? Who can get the most money? And then they sit there, well, they're going to sell out. They're gonna... Yeah, you have to. You got to pick somebody. And if you got to sit there and make some kind of deal with people to go, hey, if you just give me money or you give me uh, this committee chairmanship or you give me this, you give me, then you'll have my support. That's how politics works. It's ugly. That's why they say you don't want to ever see sausage or legislation being made. You want to get rid of Mitch McConnell? Get rid of Mitch McConnell. I don't care. Look, I'll, I'll always be grateful to Mitch McConnell for the. Uh, the Supreme Court. There's no no question about that. He kept Merrick Garland off the Supreme Court. Enormous pressure. Enormous pressure to cave on that. And he didn't. 
So thank him for that. But you want it, it's politics, man. It ain't friendship. If he's no longer useful, get rid of him. He's got his issues, absolutely. But who else could get the Republicans behind him? Who? I love Mike Lee. If I had a magic wand and I could wave it and say, Mike Lee is now majority leader or Republican leader in the Senate, whatever it ends up being. He's now Republican leader in the United States Senate. I would do it. I'd do the same thing for Rand Paul. I'd do the same thing for Ted Cruz. I'd do the same thing for Marco Rubio. But they're never going to get the votes or they're very unlikely to get the votes. If they get the votes, if one of them were to get the votes, they will have had to have cut deals that would make all the purists going, Mitch McConnell's got to go recoil in horror. They probably wouldn't because they'd say, well, he had to do what he had to do. They'd be ecstatic that Mitch McConnell was gone. But make no mistake about it. Mitch McConnell would only be gone and somebody will have replaced him because of the deals that they cut. So you could sit there and go, Mitch has got to go. You, Kevin McCarthy's got to go. This is an outrage. They've got to go. Okay, well, what's the replacement plan then? What's the replacement plan then? Who do you get? Frankly, most members don't want to be in leadership because it's a pain in the ass. You sit there and you think think about it for a second. How many United States senators do you know of? Can you name off the top of your head? I bet once you get, I give you 10. I could probably get to 10, maybe 20. That's it. There are 100 of them. I was watching the election night results and like this senator was reelected from the state of whatever. And I'm like, who the hell is that guy? Never heard of him. He's a United States senator. He's reelected. They're backbenchers. They're interested. Believe it or not, there are some people, as cynical as I am and as cynical as we all are, there are some people who go to Washington, D.C. to just represent their constituents, keep their heads down, and do their jobs. They don't get booked on the Sunday shows. They don't get booked on the daytime shows. They don't get booked anywhere because they're boring. They're like they're not willing to go out there and fart on Lindsey Graham. You get him, he'd walk all over hot coals to get on TV. That's it. He lives for it. The other people, most of them, aren't interested. Same thing for the House. To be a leader, you've got to get up there and be willing to fight and be the face of the party and care about things beyond your constituents. Most people in that job aren't interested. So who do you, it's not just enough to say, we got to go in exchange for what? And until you come up with an answer, somebody who not only wants the job but could get the votes to get the job, maybe it's time to start acting like an adult and stop acting like a child throwing a temper tantrum for clicks and everything. Oh, look how cool I am. I stood up to Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell doesn't know you exist. And if he does, he doesn't care. Get over yourselves, all right? Be realistic. It's really easy to say there's a problem. It's a lot tougher to say here's the solution. All right, that is all the time. That's enough for today. Go about your business. It's Tuesday. Tomorrow's Wednesday, hump day, halfway to the weekend. Appreciate the use of your ears. We'll be back tomorrow with regular programming. Thank you.